Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to Clue Done It, the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes. Without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy. All right, let's find out. Who was right. Who was wrong. And who is dead. All right, Jessica, I, I am going to put you on the spot this week, though. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm very sorry about this. So this week we are doing Agatha Raisin. Yes. A uh, British TV show. Mm-hmm. We'll get to the whole bingo card later on. But this was a show you brought that I had never even heard of before. So Jessica, tell me about Agatha Raisin and why it sounded like a good idea to you. Oh, well, I mean, just off the cuff, if that's what we're saying. Yeah. It's Agatha Raisin, so it's sort of like a takeoff on Agatha Christie. Right, immediately you're invoking one of the greats. Yeah, and it kept I, coming you know, I'm up. sorry, I have to interrupt for a second just yeah. to say, more and more, I really do think I'm Team Agatha. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm also oh. Team Sherlock, but like, one of the things that this has done is really opened me up to like, just the, just the genius that is Agatha, Agatha Christie. Christie. So, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm beginning to stan her, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. You are looking at the beginnings of an Agatha Christie stan. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so yes. So so yes, she's referencing Agatha Christie. What else? Yeah. It's the sort of city mouse, country mouse story. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fish out of water. Yes. Well, the city mouse, country mouse. That didn't occur to me. I like the fish out of water part. Absolutely. I keyed into that. But you're right. The whole city mouse, country mouse, pace of life. And it is cozy. Mm-hmm. Although mm-hmm. the writer would... The the original writer of the, the novels because it is because the TV show is based on a series of novels. Yeah, I think she kind of resisted the cozy thing, but she was she did say certainly it is not the macho killing gangs and murders types of stories that right. she like she it's actually not NCIS, was a re- there's not random no. gunfire in every episode. Yeah, exactly. She was a reporter, uh, was a crime she? reporter for a little bit in her younger days and so <laughs> she okay. does make reference to that. But uh, so yeah, I I kind of like that and it just kept coming up and I thought it looked it just looked interesting. It was sort of like Midsummer Murders but with a little more emphasis on the kooky fun there's a little ab fab like yes yes definitely a little bit of like at like the i i think your city mouse country mouse reference was apt and i was trying to think about this earlier today as we were getting into this like there's some other energy it's not just fish out of water because fish out of water anywhere but they're the very specific dynamic of this high-flying high-profile london executive moving to the country and just the the comedy of manners that both people get to play off of like yeah. you get to have the country people reacting to her and her reacting to the country people is i yes i agree i i dig that a lot yeah 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 so that that is that's pretty much so just to put more flesh on it for sure. anybody who's not hasn't been watching the show it, this is she is a Cotswolds based PR guru. Cotswolds is in the sort of middle of uh, the UK. Middle of nowhere. Very Wiltshire, country. Very country. Very pretty. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, I'd love to retire there because it's so... Mm-hmm. Think the Smoky Mountains. Like middle of nowhere, but beautiful country and just people who are like, they're definitely not in the city. Definitely country, beautiful in the middle of nowhere kind of stuff. Yeah, there. yeah. And so she is a PR guru from London who becomes an amateur sleuth. And it's a comedic murder mysteries based on the books by M.C. Beaton. There are four series, Mm. four seasons, and 20 quote-unquote 
episodes, installments. The first installments. I am now going to refer to everything as an installment. In this latest installment of Castle. Yes. Yes. She is a brassy, brassy lady. Yeah. And she's also the Sex in the City type where she doesn't cook. Yes. Like she's always having is... her prepared frozen microwave meals. Yeah. There's a line. She, of course, has a gay best friend. Um, who, who bought her business. No, no. She sold her business to another PR firm. He went with the business to the larger oh, corporation. Oh, Okay. Um, he's a high mucky muck at the new place and he's yeah. still in the business, but he didn't buy it from her. Okay. Um, but... I, but yes, there's a line early on where he's just like, please, you wouldn't survive without your microwave. So Yes. Yeah, yeah. The the detective inspector is young and in love with her. Absolutely. And she is in love with her neighbor's brother. And her neighbor is this really standoffish pin, cushiony. Isn't that a term? A pin cushiony? Yeah, pin cushiony, pork like Porcupine. prickly. She's prickly. prickly. She's very prickly. That's what I'm trying to say. Prickly woman. But she has the handsomest brother. Yes. Every lady in town is swoons after the brother. Oh, my gosh. Tell me about that guy. That actor mm-hmm. is Julian Glover's son. Who's Julian Glover? Oh, no. You're going to make me look that up. That's not <laughs> what I anticipated. I thought you'd be like, oh, my God, of course. Okay. So Julian Glover is... Walter Donovan in the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, he drinks the water. He's like, this is definitely the cup of a a king. Right. This is the cup of a king. Yes. Isn't that what he says? Something like that. Yeah. He chose poorly. Yeah. He's also the, apparently the voice of Aragog in the Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. (laughs) Uh, He's also in Empire's strikes back as General Veers, which is hilarious because his son, his son Jamie Glover, the attractive right. brother of the neighbor, has done Star Wars as well. Oh, wow. He plays the voice of General Maximilian Veers in the Star Wars Battlefront Oh, videos. my gosh. That's... So he plays the role he of plays his father. He plays the roles that his father did. Yes. Yeah, he that's... picks up basically where everything left off. Yeah. I actually know Julian Glover because he was one of my teachers. What? At the at Shakespeare's Globe. Shakespeare's really? Globe. Shakespeare's okay. Globe. As we so was he just was he just was he just as dreamy then? No, not not Jamie Glover. Oh, Julian, Julian Glover. Glover the yes, father. The, the father. Yes. Okay. Uh, and he was kind of he was paid to teach us, but I kind of had a feeling that he was like, I'm just an actor. I really. I don't really know why I'm here. I I really don't know what I'm meant to teach you other than act good. Yeah, yeah. He showed up twice, whereas Jane LaFaterre got in there and was like, you all are terrible. You are terrible, terrible people, except for this one woman, because she is Southern and has the accent that we all think, that researchers think, researchers think that the original English accent is actually in the South. Uh, is yeah the, the southerners are so they got that going for him yeah so this one actress who was with us in in college was like oh oh my goodness Which, she had a superpower yeah she didn't even know she had a superpower but yeah jane lafaterre ripped us all to shreds and uh was also because she also felt that that was her duty mm. as an english actress is right. that we were you know we were all americans dependent on our naturalist Right. Naturalism, and we were weak 
and taught poorly. You are weak. You are weak actors. <laughs> Drop and give me 50 monologues. Yes. So she definitely was like that. Oh, my God. I read this. So I think she, she got cancer and then oh. uh but she, <laughs> she survived acted that, it she acted that cancer right out of her no 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 well who knows um but she survived it for she had went into remission and then came back and there were some articles written about her i don't know why i mm. thought she was like out to get us right. in america you know us stupid american kids but I did. I really, I did take it very personally, and she scared the shit out of me. <laughs> and I just was like, oh "Okay, I, I don't, I, I, I'm worthless. Okay, I get it. I have absorbed this. I have absorbed. I have absorbed this. Now teach me. Tell me how to not be. Tell me how to be. Tell me how to grow up and be a strong actor. Yeah, but I, I, I you, she taught me you, nothing because if, she hated everything about me. You know, oh. like you know, like everything about yes. like this young you know blonde mousy you know i tried to look i don't know but i've been told <laughs> american actors got no soul yeah. as you're like running around like this is your like acting drill sergeant there yeah yeah whereas julian glover <laughs> private i need you to tell me three reasons that this man's welsh <laughs> yes whereas julian glover i think would he would show up late and we'd all be like that's that's why I know the uh, Shakespeare's Globe, Shakespeare's Globe, when that that secretary right. like did not want to talk to any of us, and I'm pretty sure she picked up the phone and pretended that she had a call, even though she didn't, just to like ignore us. And it was because we were sitting in the lobby waiting around for Julian Glover to show up and do whatever it was that he was going to do with us. And we just kind of looked at him and he looked at us. And I think he probably would have asked us out for a drink if it weren't so early in the morning. <laughs> anyway, his son, <laughs> Jamie Glover, is the very attractive uh, character. And he carries all that baggage very well, let's be honest. <laughs> Yes. Oh, those days. <laughs> I just wanted to do that. I had no idea there was this all this backstory to this. I just wanted to do this show because I was like, Agatha Raisin, that's a funny name. Huh, let's do it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Why the Raisin thing? Because it's funny. This show knows what's funny. Agatha Raisin, there you go. Like, you're going to invoke Agatha Christie and then evoke just, it's just a silly sounding word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do want to also add, I want to talk about the originating author for this. Please. The, the woman who wrote these. So I have a couple of fun things about her. Oh, do tell. Because she's just so interesting. So this episode that we are watching today called The Curious Curate is, a, is based on a 2003 book. And the author title of the title is M.C. Beaton, which is... Marion Chesney, M.C. Mm -hmm. um, Beaton, and her married name was Gibbons. She's a Scottish writer, born in Glasgow what, what? in 1936. She died in really 1936. Yeah, she died in 2019. So she has written over 146 novels. Holy over. smokes! She's written romances and mystery novels, most notably this one at the Agatha Raisin series and Hamish Macbeth which is also a television series. Apparently, she 
her parents, her family, her environment that she grew up yeah. in, nobody expected anything of her. And really her parents thought that she was going to stay home with them and like never marry and right. have like... You were going to be the child that takes care of us in our yeah. dotage. And she was like, ha ha, joke's on you. <laughs> she was, she had a lot of She had a lot sprite. of gumption, yeah. She had a lot of gumption. And you don't write a hundred, you don't write more than a hundred books <laughs> without gumption. Yeah. So she started out working at a Glasgow bookshop, a famous one, John Smith and Son, okay. as they as the fiction buyer. Before she told a small fib to an editor she ran into at a coffee shop and got herself the job writing for the Scottish Daily Express as their theater critic. Nice. Yeah. Let's and- be honest though, if you're going to tell a fib to a newspaper person, like low stakes pretty low stakes to be the theater critic you know what i mean like you're not you're not like oh no i've uh, i've worked with drug runners before i can cover crime for you you know yeah. what i mean like i'm a theater critic okay low stakes here people but i mean we're talking like early you know this is like this is 50s 60s not even the 80s yeah no I, no don't get me wrong newspapers are big this is a big position and, for her to have absolutely and she worked herself into the Quote, unquote, this is from the article. I think it's kind of what she said. The macho world of crime reporting. Oh, she did? Oh, so yes. that's right. You're right. She did do crime reporting. Yeah, yeah. And, and and journalism. And then she married another Express correspondent, Harry Scott Gibbons, in 1969. And they had a son, Charles. And this is interesting. They moved to the U.S. Oh. And got various work, including working for Rupert Murdoch's The Star. And she, for some reason, also did a working as a waitress and then she decided to take some time off to care for charles and that is when she started to write in her 40s and she was publishing as many as two one sorry she was publishing as many as one novel every two months and just barely scraping by so wow. that's what you know. That's what romance novels get. You, yeah, I no, guess, absolutely. If you're like not there's Daniel like, Steele. Yeah, I, I get it. Like that. That kind of freelance. It's a grind. It's a grind world. But still, just the output. One book every two months is yeah. insane. Yeah, and then in the eighties, nineties, they moved back to Scotland, where they found it to be extremely unfriendly. The villagers had it out for them. So she's writing Agatha Raisin from very close-held ex- well, no, personal hold experience. On. That was Hamish Macbeth. Oh. But in the 90s then, they were like, okay, we've had enough of Scotland. This is not a nice place. <laughs> and so they moved to the Cotswolds, and she began to write and publish the Agatha Raisin novels. Okay. And then in 1995, now in her 60s, that's 16 years of publishing, she became famous when her series, The Hamish Macbeth, was picked up. For TV, and then in 2016, Agatha Raisin started on TV, and she says, "I'm more of an entertainer than a writer," and she acknowledged that it is far removed from the gritty and literary crime writers like Raymond Chandler, and certainly distant from the murders and razor gangs and middle-aged prostitutes that she was reporting on when she was in journalism. Razor gangs and middle-aged prostitutes. That, that sounds quote. like the worst backup band ever. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> now welcome the vocal stylings of Razor Gangs and Middle-Aged Prostitutes. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yes. 
She has sold over 20 million books worldwide. Good for her. We talked about Jamie Glover playing the role James Lacey, but Agatha Raisin is played by Ashley Jensen, which should be known by American as well as British TV watchers because she was on Ugly Betty. And, oh, okay. Uh, very big character there. She was also on Extras, the Ricky Gervais comedy about extra work in the film biz. She was also in The Lobster, which is by the same director who did The Favorite. She was on The Office, I think one episode. She is 5'3". She, I guess that's what all those heels are about. Yeah. She does not seem 5'3", but that's the thing, I guess, is that TV. all TV actors are very tiny. Put her on an Apple box. Yeah. This is a lovely show to look at. The acting is really fun. The stories are, you know... MC Beaton really had a sense of humor with her characters mm-hmm. and her real. Yeah. So it's a lovely. Oh, do you want to take out your bingo card? I think we already hit this. We didn't say bingo card, but I think I think I know what we're gonna. I think I know what we're gonna hit. So yes, please tell me. Comedy, sure. obviously, crime, and drama. Yeah. I don't know where they really get the drama. I mean, there is drama, I guess. I, but... I think if somebody gets murdered, you have to put drama in there. Yeah. I think I think it's just one of those things. Mm-hmm. Like if there's if there's death involved. Got to put a little drama (laughs) Drama in there. there. Okay. Okay. Oh, so yeah, we are watching The Curious Curate. Mm -hmm. And the episode logline is, The arrival of a handsome new curate causes a stir in the village. But when murder strikes, one of Agatha's friends becomes the prime suspect. As she works to clear her friend's name, Agatha's love life gets in the way of her investigation. And I, I'm so curious. I want to put like bets right now on what's going to happen because is the handsome guy next door mm-hmm. going to become jealous of this curate who's getting all this new attention now? Well, we'll get it. We'll watch it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay. But Can't before wait. we do, oh, before yeah. we do, I'm gonna we're gonna go to the microwave and heat up some dinner, and then we'll <laughs> we'll watch it with our, we'll watch it with our frozen dinners, just like in good Agatha Raisin fashion. Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. We're having a theme. <laughs> Theme you soon. Oh my gosh, there is a lot going on. There is a lot to unpack in this. this. Yes. Oh my gosh, so much stuff happened. And we're only like, we're we're just two minutes in or something like that? We're 15 minutes in. Okay, well, that's just a testament to how much I like this show. We're 15 minutes in, but it only felt like two. And I also, yes, we're 15 minutes in. This episode, sorry, this installment (laughs) is 90 minutes. So we're not like, it's not like we're cheating here. It's not like we're 15 minutes in on like a 36 minute episode or something. Yeah. So, but lots happening. So uh, you want to dive in? Yeah. I mean, we first, the very first minute, two minutes. It's a montage. It's a montage of, of seeing Of people getting ladies. ready. Oh, well, no, no, you're right. It's including the curate right. named Tristan, Tristan or Trissy. Trissy. As one of the ladies calls him. But yeah, they're all getting ready. One, one lady is making jam. One lady is making homemade jam, yes. Which turns out to be raspberry kale. Yes. But when, in the Your first inventiveness moment, knows no bounds. Yeah, in the first moment, she's made blueberry lemonade yeah. jam. Yeah, she's got a blueberry and lemonade. So, yeah, like, I, why would you go to raspberry kale? Who knows? That is that is her running lemonade. that is her running joke. She also she also does a horrible quiche in the first episode too. Oh, I had forgotten that. Yeah. yeah so she's very so that's what she has. Another made. lady she, is making dandelion chardonnay. And she's making all kinds <laughs> she's, of different. She does. She has all kinds beverages. of different like homemade like. Scent. And 
things. Yes. Yeah, and they and they all have all these ladies have very distinct personalities. They yes. have very distinctly different type women. Yeah. One the the woman with the different beverages is you know sort of hikes up her her chest her boobs right. and unbuttons her dress. Yes, unbuttons like unbuttons her blouse a little bit to show off some cleavage. She's and then got the a other lot ladies... of makeup on and very floofy hair that's like bottle blonde. Right, the jam lady is very mousy. Yeah, and then you see the curate putting. Oh my gosh, he sprays. So he wears more body odor than like a thirteen-year-old boy discovering axe. Body odor. You mean like scent. Body scent, yes. He wears more body scent than a 13-year-old boy discovering Axe and thinking he can get away without showering for a week. Yeah, yeah. And then everybody else, we assume, is making other things. We see a bunch of women show up A bunch of women just converge on the church. And even, is it Roy or Ray? What is the name of... Roy. Even her best friend, Roy, who's at her place, like studying or prepping for an interview for a new job like it's just like we have to go to church because this guy's hot he doesn't say it but he means it yeah yeah for Um, sure he's also convinced though that the that the curate is gay yes he Um, is so but while all these ladies are primping and descending upon the church and like the they're here the whole like right stuff moment where they're all like walking down practically in slow motion with all their goods to give to the curate (laughs) that's true i hadn't yeah (laughs) why i don't know because yeah, they were walking down. You see their shoes. You see they're just strutting, and they're you know some are wearing hose and other yeah. heels or other decorative, and then you see the other ladies join in. Yeah. To the to the walk, which is you're right. Oh my gosh, I didn't catch that. That's <laughs> awesome. But as they're getting all like floofy and coming in ready to like woo Tristan off their feet. Sarah is very upset, and Sarah is the regular vicar, the regular vicar, meaning the one who's normally in charge, who they they hand wave a little bit. He's off on mission in Nigeria. Anyways, his wife is very upset with all this, and she is in a huff, and she is getting ready. She's trying, she's adjusting her shirt, but only because she has left a tag on it that, like, there's a, she right. just bought it, there's a tag. So she takes a letter opener and uses that as a knife to cut off the sales tag before she stuffs it back into her, the, yes. the waistband of and her she pants. she can't find scissors. Right, she can't find and scissors. This and this is that, what we all do when we're like, yes. oh, dang it. I gotta get the out tag. the door. So, yeah. yes. So they, so then they, everybody shows up at church. Agatha is sitting next to Roy, sitting next to it's Roy. It's funny to yeah. me that all these ladies are, like really dressed. I mean, they're Sunday best mm-hmm. outfits. One lady, another lady. I we don't know if she brought jam or whatever. But yeah, we don't know she what she has brought. Like this ca- little capelet. Yeah, she has a and capelet she and has a, long a very co- demure sort of um, ingenue kind of look mm-hmm. to her. And she she's is wearing after, sunglasses that she oh, hasn't taken off. Hollywood sunglasses, and she goes to church and then she flirts up the curate. Oh yes, but we never learn her name. We never learn no. what she brought. We don't even hear what she says. We just mm-hmm. know that she is definitely hitting on him hard. Yes. Yeah. So we'll call her redhead because I think she was a redhead. Yeah, yeah, she was like a mild red. Sure, Auburn. Brown. We'll call her Auburn. Auburn. Definitely sure. Auburn. We'll call her. We'll call her. Yeah, Auburn head. Yeah, yeah. There's an altar boy named Freddie yes. who does the wrong thing twice. I forget what happens he's really quickly think, in the looking at his phone. I think in yeah. the service and he's playing around and so he's in the he's one of the choir boys right. and so choir he, boys. He, he gets not an altar swatted. Boy, the choir. So he gets swatted down for that and then they catch him 
trying to like lift some money from the collection yes. plate and they yell at him for that. So, but they, they call him out twice. So something's happening there with that. Yeah. We also find out that the DI who had been in love with Agatha and right. then Agatha's house cleaner is actually his uh, schoolmate, high schoolmate, and had been in love with him, has been in love with him for years. And uh, sadly, they tried to get together, but he was like, this is not going to work because mm -hmm. he was in love with Agatha. Well, now he is standing outside the church after the service talking up some new lady as a yeah. possible girlfriend. And so... Apparently, he has dated and dumped the house cleaner. Yes. But the, so after church, though, it goes to this... It goes to this competing intercut dinner sequences one with Agatha and Charles because Agatha has said we are going to try and have dinner but only as friends because she needs to prove that they are only friends yeah she comes in and she just turns on the lights blows out the candles takes this jazz record off which by the way they even do like they make sure that you know it's a record because she like scratches it a little bit when yeah, she takes the needle the off the record scratch. it's hilarious very funny but as she's leaving, she goes past the vicar's house where she sees Sarah and the curate having dinner. Sarah and Tristan having dinner. And Tristan, at first, Sarah doesn't want to have anything to do with him. Very angry with him. But then he wins her over by telling a sob. Sa a sob. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Oh, okay. And then he wins her over by telling a sob story about how he tried to help this disadvantaged parish in the past. And the very 19-year-old boys that he was trying to help beat him up one night for no reason whatsoever. So he was just so happy to be at a place that welcomed him. And she, like, this touches her heart. And she's like, oh, you can call me Sarah. And they start to thaw in that. But then he gets a mysterious phone call. We don't know what it's about. He walks out to take it. She starts walking around and sees a letter from the bishop which we don't see what it says, but later on, he like she accuses him of trying to steal the parish away from them and not telling them, not telling her about it. And he's like, yeah. "Well, the bishop didn't want me to tell you." So she runs off in a huff, knowing that like it looks like Tristan is going to have her parish, and this parish and the house and everything that she and her husband have worked for and wanted mm -hmm. is being taken away from her. Mm -hmm. And cut to the next morning. When Roy has nailed his interview for the job and Agatha are just discussing this and they hear sirens. So, of course, it's a small town. They run off to see what the sirens are all about. And they find Tristan dead, stabbed in the neck with the same letter opener that Sarah used to cut the tag off her blouse. Mm -hmm. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where we stop. And he's dead at her place. Yes, yes, you're right, you're and right. And we had seen him stealthily leave his house to, we assume, go to the vicarage. And then he's poking around over there at Sarah's place when she is probably upstairs asleep. And he turns... He finds the money. He, he finds... He finds some money and starts to steal some money, but he, then he turns around. He turns around and says, oh, fancy meeting you here. And we think maybe it's Sarah but you don't see who it is, but it's we somebody. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. And yeah. then the next morning, dead, 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 dead. dead. He. Uh, I also want to say that he is really stuck on talking to her about her dead aunt. Yes, he. Oh, oh be, yes, because he's trying to find out. So he used to work in banking. He gave it all up to become a priest, and then he was beaten up horribly by the nineteen-year-old boys. But you're right. He's trying to get her to talk about her dead aunt, and he wants to know what she's doing with the estate money. 
and he'd be happy to help her invest the estate money. So there's some... But she says all the money is gone and anything that's left over <laughs> is going to the donkey sanctuary. <laughs> Which... <laughs> I was like... Oh, she's putting him on. She doesn't no, like him no, at all. No, I, I like, don't. Oh no, that's just writing. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's just them being silly, like the donkey sanctuary. <laughs> Going to make an ass out of you at the donkey sanctuary. <laughs> and he is very disappointed. He is extremely disappointed. He's got some money problems. Yeah, he's he's not a good man. Happening. He is not a good man. Despite and his hair. Despite his hair and his body cologne, he's not a good man. Well, and now he is no more. Yeah, he is no, he is no more. He has joined the choir invisible. invisible. <laughs> I see you heard. So, what do we think? Okay, I am just going to go for it. I have no idea. Oh, actually, no. I'm going to say this first. I was listening to another podcast. Mm-hmm. She needs... Cheater. She, <laughs> she needs no help from me, but I, but I will name check... Scam Goddess, right? Super famous podcast, where I just listened one of their most recent episodes. She talks about this guy who had been a Hollywood sort of B player. He was in the entourage of Paul Lind, and oh, yes, uh-huh. um, then after he his hair, he became bald. <laughs> yeah, basically there's, dismissed there's, him. There's nothing wrong with that, except if you're in Hollywood, in yeah. which case, bye. <laughs> yeah. So he went home to live with his family and so he couldn't, or parents, so because he could no longer have the life that he was accustomed to. And he started defrauding people by pretending to be a priest or pastor. Oh. He eventually became the head of the Red Cross in what? LA, I guess. Wow. And he, at a number of other places, he went on TV to say to people, uh, you should look out for people like me. In this way, you could get defrauded at your organization if you don't, blah, blah, right. blah, blah. And then went on to continue Continually defraud to be them. executive director at different places. Although it was proven in the 2000s, like people after, like there was a big article, I guess, in the LA Times expose on him and his background, like he'd been to jail three or four times and for for action, you know, for full on embezzlement, defrauding, like the whole business. Bring it anyway, home, heard. So I think that that is where this story is oh, coming okay. from. Yeah, I think he is a fakety fake fake McFaderson. He's not actually a real priest. He's just yeah. there to defraud people. Yeah, he is an an embezzler. He's a defrauder. He is a fake curate. And he is handsome. He is working it, or he's dead now. But I think that that's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. I think this is he is fraud. Defraud, he's fraud. He's fraudulent, and people. And I am going to go for the redhead with the glasses. With the, the glasses, the auburn we, head. The auburn head that we still have not heard talk. Now I think she's in the background because they're going to go for her eventually, and then they're going to realize it's fake. Mm-hmm. She wasn't somebody. But I still am going to go for it. I'm just going to say it's her. He's defrauding people. For, he's taking from the collection plates. For some reason, he still needs Sarah Bloxley's money. I don't understand that. But at any rate, he's trying to go for as much money as possible. Maybe he is starting up his own NFT 
or <laughs> he's going to invest in Bitcoin sure. and it's very expensive <laughs> yes, or some other cryptocurrency. Right. I don't know. He's running some scam. He's got some scam that the, needs to invest Like in Vatican some. cryptocurrency oh or something. It, yeah. I mean, again, he's not a real priest. Right. <laughs> and and, 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 and he was, was going to say, yes, even if he was, it would be Church of England. So, okay. Yeah. And so I think this auburn-haired lady is showing shown up in town because she has worked with him before as part of his scheme and he had tried to get out of town to avoid her because he wants the money he doesn't want to work with her anymore and so she actually showed up at the house because she knew what he was going for, and she thought she might run into him and killed him. Okay. All of that, all of that is good. I like that. Well done. Well played. I, I, I'm going to draft along you to a certain extent. Like, you definitely think there's some money fraud things happening here. I don't think that it was the auburn-headed lady. I think that's a little too, uh, a little too, because every other lady going after him was a regular cast member. So I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going, like, if that's the only non-regular cast member that we've met so far, I don't think they would be so blatant as to make it her. Do you know right, what I mean? Right, So I think there's going to be more people involved, and I don't think it was going to be her. I think, I bet he's double-crossed some people in the past, mm. or he's working with people. Like, so he's he has either double-crossed people that he's trying to pay off. Yes. Or he is working with somebody that he is in the moment of double crossing. Oh. So he's trying to like, that's why he's just like, oh, I didn't expect to see you here. He's like, he's trying to put on a brave front because I think somebody has come to like collect what's due to them. Or they've noticed that he's like, you know what I mean? Like they know that he's been screwing them over. So I think I'm not sure what the letter opener says to me is that this was a crime of opportunity. This was not mm. premeditated. So yeah, so so, but I have to say who I think this unknown person was. I don't think it's the Auburn-headed lady. I think it's one of the 19-year-old boys that he talked about. And I think he's totally flipped the story on his head. I think that he's working with the 19-year-old boys or his other like thug criminal underworld out there somewhere. He either owes them money for gambling. I'm going to say gambling. He owes them oh. money for gambling and they're there to collect it. And that's why he, he got beaten up one night because he owes people money, okay, lots of money, and then they're 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 there again to collect the dues. So I think it's one of the nineteen year olds. That's what I think. That's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, should we see? Let's find out. We'll be right back. We should talk about concussions. Oh, yeah? We should talk about she concussions. She a lot. She, She's like a football player. She is, a, she is totally... A, she needs a helmet. This... Yes. Like, she is... Okay. So, first of all, to make things clear for everybody, did anybody, did anybody actually guess that we were going to get this right? Anyone? Anyone out there <laughs> think that we have this right? Did anybody make bets? <laughs> is anybody making bets on our guesses? That are also not bad. In any event, no, we did not get it right. Although I will say I got closer than you did. Okay. You you said it was the auburn-haired lady. Yes, I did. And I was like, no, it was not the auburn-haired lady. I said it was 
I said that he was that he owed the 19-year-olds some money that he was in. He owed them some yeah. gambling debts or some money and that he was in it with the 19-year-olds and they came to get the money from him. And so that was why he was killed. That is it is it is going to be a long and winding road to tell you how that a business a millionaire businessman came We don't to, have to do that though. I know we're not going to but it's but like it's still going it to be confused. It turns out to be the millionaire businessman that he was having an affair with. That we, nobody knew that nobody, about. Well, until I mean like halfway more than halfway through the whole show. Who knows? There was a millionaire businessman. Yeah, there's a millionaire business so it turns out he was at least bisexual. He had an affair with a millionaire businessman and fine, just ruin the surprise. Well I mean that is our job. I so. mean but he had the affair but he yeah he was like well but Okay, here's my yeah. question. See, it's a little <laughs> tricky. Was he actually trying to get money out of people? He was blackmailing. Tristan? Yes. Tristan, he was a yeah. blackmailer. Oh, yeah. No, he was absolutely... And he was he hurting... Was a, I, okay. I and the jam lady, he did take her for all she was worth, Yes, too. you're right. He took all these people for so all they were worth. he was a bad actor. He was... He was a... He was a... He was an awful person. I would say... So... But we still did, don't know he what he bla- was doing with the money. He did blackmailing and grifting. Yeah, cause, but he gave the $10,000... To the Reverend Grace, to right? Hold who was his boss to. at the past church that he was with? Yes. Yeah, and she used it for gambling. She so used it for did gambling. Did he just give it to her to be like, "Here's some money"? No, I think he gave it to her to like keep it safe because he's like, no one would ever suspect a priest of hanging on to this ill-gotten gains. But she, she, so she did such a good job of looking guilty and feeling absolutely remorseful for up what with she black did. Love on. Yeah, that Jessica, that Jessica was like, she did it. She totally did it. It was all her. Well, it wasn't her. She was. She was hanging. So Tristan, Tristan the grifted, curate. Tristan, the sexy curate, grifted the jam lady for all she was worth. Yeah. Like literally tens of thousands of pounds. No, mm-hmm. 10,000 pounds. He had an affair with a rich tech billionaire who he then tried to blackmail into I don't giving understand him money. why he thinks that that's a bad... Maybe we spent too much time in Las Vegas, but I feel like, like, how does this <laughs> no, guy sorry. think it's I'm going sorry. to... Blackmail? Ruin? You're not sure how blackmail is no, a bad idea? blackmail is a bad idea, but I don't understand go, why okay. the There's, guy was going is. for it. There it is. There's like, our PSA. his wife is clearly, like, totally fine with open marriages, like, threesomes and the whole business. So, of course, he was at a sex club, and, of course, he was... Having affairs with people of various genders besides his wife. So what is there to blackmail? I don't understand. Like, well, the what? Well, I mean, just because like it's not going to wreck his marriage, but he was more concerned about it wrecking his reputation and his business. Yeah, but I mean, okay, sure. I I guess that matters to some people still. Is there something you need to tell me? No. I just <laughs> feel like, why does this matter to anybody? Have sex with whomever you like. Just don't, maybe that's, maybe, I don't know. Maybe you, can I tell you something that I'm going to, I'm going to jump all over the place here. So yes, Tristan, bad. Can I tell you one thing I am very disappointed in? And we'll get back to concussions, maybe. Like, they spent so much of this movie leading up to the fact that they were going to have Installment, a- Installment, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. I deserved that. <laughs> they spent so much of this installment. <laughs> also, 
what oh my god we're all over the place tonight you're gonna have to deal with it what were some of the best like english pronunciations of oh of this you, i hope you wrote them down because i did not <laughs> at all I what did was one enjoy... of the ones what was one of the ones at the end that they did that i was just like oh that is like country celebration celebratory Yes, yes, and cele- instead of... Instead celebratory. Of celebratory. 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 Who says that? The Brits do. The Brits do. But I, I, I want to say that there was a major, like, just scaffolding element of this, of this installment that there was going to be a charity duck race, a charity rubber duck race that they were going to... In this episode. Like, the billionaire was involved because he was sponsoring it. Sarah, the vicar's wife, was involved because she was trying to organize it. Jamie and Agatha, like, Jamie was ordering ducks, on the phone, ordering ducks all day, to which we're like, dude. It's one order. It's one order. How many, like, it's one order. If you can't buy all the rubber ducks you need from one place, like, why are you, like, why are you, whatever. In any event, and Agatha is, meanwhile, trying to, like, drum up people to, like, deliver beer and do sponsorships and all that stuff for it. And then at the very end, they, like, have people dancing and doing this duck race and everything. But, like, as they're building up to this, I'm like, look, if I do not see a chase of Agatha chasing down the villain through this duck race or or, or having, like, barges going through the canal where the ducks are going to be, I'm going to be very put out. You can't put the duck race on the mantle and not expect me to be like, okay, well, give me the duck race. I want the duck race. There was a duck race. There was B-roll. There was yes. B-roll of 15 rubber <laughs> ducks going it? through a ditch. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> oh, you're I'm so, so I was callous. like, come on. I want to, you, you set me up for a duck race. Give me the duck race. I want the duck race. I loved that the extra playing the, the duck he, he was wearing a duck there was costume. A, yes, there was a guy in a duck costume just clapping in along in the background. Of all the scenes. Was he really in all the scenes? Yes. I mean, of that. Of that uh, sequence, of yes. Of that sequence, yeah. He would just walk in and sit down, walk into the frame. And, oh, my and God. I can't believe I didn't and see he this. Had so much... Oh, just so much attitude. Like, just really pleased with himself for <laughs> to play this Every, mascot. Everybody is going to see this duck. Yeah. And I don't feel like the director was unhappy with that. Oh, no. I'm sure was, the director I'm, was exactly telling him where to go and when to sit. Yeah. Yes. And it was like, you just enjoy this because yes. you are the duck mascot for this whole thing. Everybody in the city is going to be paying attention to you or a town or village or village, whatever. whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was some good extra work in this episode. <laughs> there was the there was the worst slash most amazing fake punch I've ever seen thrown by an extra. What? Oh my gosh! Oh, so, the punch! Yeah, the, I thought she meant the drink. Oh no no <laughs> no! The ex. So part of this part of this uh, whole duck race festival is that, and maybe this is I haven't we haven't seen enough to know, but in every episode we've seen so far, there has been some like quote unquote like like local village kind of like traditional dancing or oh, traditional well, Morris dancing is a huge thing in the UK. Did I understand that. Up? I oh, understand okay. that it is, but like in each episode, they've had some kind of like village life kind of presentation oh, yes. thing. Yeah. At this time it was more like, yeah, this time it was Morris dancing. Morris so they had these Morris dancers who got lit 
it's too long to get into. Just know that they all got exceedingly drunk and they started fighting each other. So there's all these six-year-old men as extras trying to fight each other, but not really fight each other because they have to keep doing this and they don't want to really hurt you. So like two of them are like, one of them is like holding another guy's wrists and it looks like they're about to do ring around the rosy because <laughs> but they're actually trying to look like they're fighting each other. And this other guy delivers this like uppercut punch to this to uh and they're totally doing that thing where it's just like it's film you can't tell if you're not actually anywhere near his face so like he throws a punch that's nowhere near the guy's face and the guy like throws himself back <laughs> as if he's just been hit by rocky balboa oh. <laughs> it was the worst fake punch ever but like that guy's got it on his reel uh, yes very true i i took it more as everybody was super drunk because this alcohol was Oh, right. Super Impairing their ability to actually throw punches or throw fight. Throw good punches. Yeah. I mean, yes, it was also the fact that these are Morris Dancer extras. <laughs> and so he was just throwing a crazy punch, but, <laughs> or, you know, doing his best to, you know, follow the directions of yes. the fight choreographer yeah. who was like, do not actually hit your <laughs> partner, <laughs> your fight partner. I, I do want to say one good thing that I, there are many good things about this show. This is not yes. the only good thing about this, but I do want to highlight what I think they did exceptionally well at the end. So as, as the, so all of the suspects in play were the auburn haired lady who turned out to be the tech millionaire's ex-wife. Yeah. Uh, the tech millionaire. The glamour puss. The glamour puss. Yes, the glamour puss. I'm using that word from now on. I love it. Jess, you are a glamour puss. Oh, Um, So there's the tech billionaire. There's the tech billionaire's ex-wife. There's the priest who was uh, Tristan's boss formerly. Uh, Yeah, Reverend Grace. mm -hmm, Reverend Grace. And then there is the personal assistant to the the tech millionaire. And then there is both of the two of the other ladies who are hot for Tristan, the jam lady who ended up losing everything to Tristan. And being murdered. And being murdered. And then the other lady with the cleavage who was making her dandelion wine. Who ended up murdered. Who also ended up murdered. So there were six suspects in there. Yeah. and But what they did was, toward, at the end, so at the, at the duck race, Agatha has this brainwave where she suddenly realizes it, there's this trope that, of course, it's the assistant who's in love with the boss who will do anything for the boss. And she's like, oh, it's the billionaire's assistant. So she starts to follow the tech billionaire's assistant and try to get some information from her. There is some really great physical comedy of her, like, climbing over railings and, like, hiding behind a potted plant and all yeah. of this. Like, she she's ridiculous, but I love it. Great chase scene. But... As she comes up to this lady, the lady's like, look, I know you're there. Let's just go to dinner and let me explain to you why I'm innocent. So she goes and they sit down and then it's just like, let me tell you why I'm innocent. And she says, look, if people see a woman of a certain age single, they think that, of course, she's mad for her boss and that's what it is, which kind of like pricks Agatha's pride a little bit because there's a whole like, A, Agatha has been wanting to be married and like be in a relationship forever. That's the whole thing between her and Charles and her and James and what's going to happen. And we can talk about other like shenanigans that happened in this episode. (laughs) But what's really great is that at that moment, Ellen, the assistant, tells Agatha exactly like to to make a personal connection to her. And, And even to the audience, like I was like, oh, well, she didn't do it. And then... So you're like, oh, as she's immediately in the clear, they then do this great three-scene thing where the other person you think who has done it, the Reverend Grace, she comes clean. You're like, oh, well, it couldn't have been her. 
Then they go to the Auburn lady and you realize, oh, it couldn't have been the Auburn lady. And then they did one other person. I forget what other suspect they went to in there. It might have been the billionaire or something. But they went to another suspect and they realized, like, it's this little Laron. It's not the billionaire. Yeah. Well, for sure. Right. But but they go through this Laron where it's just like, oh. And then, and then like, oh, it couldn't be this. It couldn't be the secretary. So it must be this person. Nope. It couldn't be this. So it's not the secretary. It's not this person. It must be this person. Nope. 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 So that by at the end of this chain, of people convincing convincing you that it's not them, you're right back with Agatha and the assistant, and you're like, oh crap, it is the assistant. It's this great little, it's this great little sequence of events to like let her off the hook and then bring you all the way back around again. And you're like, oh my gosh, I was totally bamboozled. It was her. And then there's this whole sequence where like Ellen goes a little bonkers and like kidnaps. The assistant, Ellen. Yeah, Ellen, the assistant, kidnaps Agatha. And this is, now we're back to concussions. This is where she, she like, knocks her over the head with this really long aluminum vase that looks like it could be aluminum bat. And she knocks Agatha over the head. And then Agatha, in turn, later on, like, manages to wake up and surprise her and then knocks her over the head. So many concussions again, people. Like, just take care of your brain. Like, don't go around hitting Mm -hmm. people. That's our second PSA. Don't go around hitting people. (laughs) But, and then, finally, though, what you find out at the very, very end of all this is that the assistant, although she did hit Agatha, and maybe even, did she, she didn't kill the people. She didn't kill the people. She didn't. The tech billionaire killed the people and was getting the assistant to take the fall. She goes to the police and Mm -hmm. says that she did it. Yeah. Another funny thing about this show... And I had not noticed it until Is this better today. than the duck? No. Oh, uh, okay. It's just that, <laughs> it's that we have a lot of mustaches. Yes. Mustaches. Yes. In mystery shows. Right. Particularly cozy mysteries. Yes. And she doesn't have a mustache. No, she does not. No, and no. We need to make that very clear. have mustaches. Mm. But her house <laughs> has a mustache. Uh, please explain. <laughs> It's over the windows. There's this, there's this little black line, mm-hmm. like a a, a Waters, a, a John over... Waters black line, uh-huh. right from the. It's, they're yeah, both just at right angles. Over the lip, yeah. Over the is that over windows, windows or, or is that like the on the ease, like the top of just over the like corners? A, of the... a little bit of a smile, but you know, just at the <laughs> angle coming out from the nose. We'll put something on Instagram. Yeah, I'll put it on Instagram, and you tell me. But it looks like the house has a mustache. The house has a mustache. Yes. The house has a mustache. I also liked yes. that they called the drinks lady, the dandelion beverage yes. lady, a lonely lush. Yes. <laughs> they had some good phrases though. Yes. Glamour puss, lonely lush. Yeah. I want to jump in. I want to go back to hair here for a second because mm-hmm. you talked about men's mustaches or yes. the lack thereof in this. The men's hair in this was wildly divergent. Like there were some men who had like were very extremely well coiffed, 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 coiffed. Excellent, got it. Like their hair was great. It was on point. It looked good. It looked masculine. There were, but there was one guy whose hair just looked like a Muppet dog. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, kind of a thing. I think it's actually it's a thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a look. That it's sort of a, a Caesar cut, and then it's like mussed up in the back and like. 
just stuck up like kind of like you've put a finger in electricity, but just in the back of your the round a, back of your head. But then like the front of his head, like it was in going in different directions too. It just it looked like matted. It looked like fake matted fur. It was not good. Oh. And I know that it was his real hair. This was not a this was not a toupee or anything like no, that. No, no, no. But it did not look good. Oh, I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, just because I I think I know it's a look. Okay, it's, it is that look. I loved mm-hmm. James. Or Jamie's hair. Yeah, I, you, you mentioned. That was great. And that, and that was also kind of doing a lot of different things. And then there was the the Lonely Lush. Yes. Her hair. Peggy which Slither. Again, ma- great name. Yes, Slither. Just her hair matched the couch. <laughs> and so that when they did a shot behind the couch and she was dead... I just thought her hair was one of the pillows on the couch, and I didn't realize. Oh my goodness, she's dead on she that is couch. Dead. <laughs> Turn her awesome. over. That lady is dead. Bye. There were lots of fun little turns throughout this whole thing. I really yeah. like they and they did a, they did a really good job with the red herrings, like yes. like the the like Reverend Grace, Tristan's previous boss slash priest in charge or whatever. She was great. Like that actress. Give her more work, please. Like yeah, they, she, she they really did a was. really good job of like, and she, and she was she did have a dirty secret. She was blaming herself. She was guilty. She just wasn't guilty of what we thought she was. She guilty wasn't guilty of, of murder. She yeah. was just guilty of gambling. Gambling, away yes, the money. gambling and losing the money. She's not a super famous Pippa, but she should be. She should be because she's great. Um, she was in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. She was in Bridgerton. Just one episode. She played Mrs. Coulson. She was in Father Brown. She was in Death in Paradise, Midsummer Murders. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is definitely like her big, yeah, one of her big films. But yeah, so hopefully we see more of her because yeah, she's great. A couple of other people just to mention really fast. Sir Charles Fraith is played by Jason Merrills, mm-hmm. and he is known for. 621 episodes of Emmerdale. Oh, man, I really wanted you to say EastEnders. When when you get into those hundreds, I want to hear hear EastEnders. But no, what was this one again? Yeah, it's another soap. But what's it called? Emmerdale. Emmerdale, okay. Yeah. He was also in Waterloo, 27 episodes of that. He was in Endeavor. Installments, Jessica. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. He was a Pontius Pilate in a show called Jesus, His Life. He was in, oh my gosh, he was in a show called Cutting It about a hair salon in Manchester starring mm. Sarah Parrish, who was the female plastic surgeon suspect in the episode we did of McDonald and Dobbs. Oh, okay. Which is the episode yeah. before this. So that's, I mean, that's just a crossover episode. Right. That's their relationship. And then I also thought it was fun that the executive director or executive producer of this, Michelle Buck, has produced a lot of mystery, including Vanderbilt, Marple, Poirot, Endeavor, Lewis, Inspector George Dentley, Midsummer Murders. She was also a PA in a show called Peak Practice, which I talked about in another episode mm-hmm. this past season. And she also produced a TV miniseries called Sex Traffic that was influential in bringing to light the epidemic of sex trafficking in the Balkans that were caused by the war and peacekeeping missions following the war. And uh, I thought that was really interesting. She received an award for that. 
So she's done some, you know, fun stuff and some, some very meaningful and important things. The director, you know, we admired her her work yes and that she good had job done. with the ducks there were some fun wipes in this episode too and then there's oh agatha i should have talked about the composer maybe but the, we, this show the womp 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 <laughs> instead of like instead of like strings yes. signifying when something scary or something bad is about to happen they get this weird synthesizer little <laughs> it sounds like a cow like a little bit of like a synthesized oh my gosh, cow that's thing. That's what it is. Because oh. they're trying to be kind of like in the countryside. countryside. I don't know what it, it is, but it's a very of a rave significant. Or yes, something. it's like it's a little bit like the bass dropping. Yeah, yes. it's very like synth- total like, bass drop. Yeah, it's it's very, but it's very clear once you notice it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, keep an ear for that. It's kind of fun. Yeah, I I can see it's a good choice because they're trying. You you like you said cow. Like they're yeah. trying to make a country reference, little but country then also joke. electronic because she's from London and she's. Such a I think a you're overthinking lady. it. Keep going. Right. Keep going. Well, it was definitely better than strings. It works for me. Well, okay. There are so many different. There are so many different phone rings in this episode. Oh my god! Like different cell phones have different ringtones. Different landlines have different ringtones. Her landline home phone rings, or somebody like the lazy lushes, or some lonely lushes landline rings, and it's like it's totally like up to date little modern chirpy thing. So I was. All I, in my notes, I've just got like love the ringtones. So good job. <laughs> good job, <laughs> so sound the, designer. The, the sound designers are clearly thinking about things on this show. <laughs> yeah, probably the director having some fun too. Her name is Audrey Cook, and she's got all kinds of genres in her background, including a medical comedy that she started out in called Cardiac Arrest. She's got a ton of mysteries and soap operas, including a bunch of. East Enders episodes and Coronation Street, and also Midsummer Murders. So we talked about how the Agatha Raisin character and, and stories are created by M.C. Beaton. However, this episode was uh, written, adapted, I guess you might say, by Chris Neal, who is known for being the creator of a British 2009 show called Free Agents that came to the U.S. shortly after in 2011, starring... Hank Azario, Catherine Hahn, Natasha Leggero, Al Madrigal, Joe Trulio. It only had eight episodes. Wow. But that is such a star cast. That is a stellar cast, yeah. Yeah, amazing. So this was a fun show overall. We would definitely recommend. I definitely recommend. We have to, there's one final thing we have to settle before we leave though and we have to say. So there's a, so... At the, at the end of the episode, Agatha and James decide that they're going to be together. They're not going to get married, but they're going to be together. And Agatha decides that she's going to make a grand announcement. And everyone's like, oh, please, you're not marrying this guy. And she's like, no, I'm not. We're not getting married. Her big announcement is that she's decided she's going to become an official private investigator. Yay! So the question now is, yeah, is her carbitchen enough? <gasps> Hell yeah! Oh, wait. Is that red car hers? No, the red That's car is Charles. Charles's. Yeah, so Charles has this kind of like British MG kind of little tiny oh, roadster going super on. Super cute. The last car I saw her drive was a white Porsche SUV. Oh, it's so her. It's very, like, right? Like, that is incredibly her. So it's very, like, it's very luxe. It might be the most, like, I mean, Porsches are styling, Ferraris are styling, but it might be the most, like, composed and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean it's like, like you know what I mean? Like, 
there's a difference between like a Ferrari, a convertible Ferrari says one thing versus like a Porsche SUV says a little more refined. She's fast. She's sexy, but she's a little more refined. She's, I don't know, but it's, it's a different vibe. But I think it, I could think it could be. Yeah, I mean, it, it says I, it, I can hold my antique furniture <laughs> in the back. I can, I, can, I, can I can find a murderer and I can find that priceless antique too. Yeah, and bring it home. <laughs> I can put in a bunch of groceries from the farmer's market that I'm not going to walk home from. I'm a classy private eye. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, what it says. I, yeah, I, I think it, yeah, an SUV means I am practical and I'm in the country and I have four-wheel drive. <laughs> Just in case you need it. Well, we are practical, but we are not making good guesses. But we will try again next time. So uh, see you then. See you then. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And now we want to hear from you. Tell us your guesses, your scores, your insider info, your favorite logic cop catches, and your suggestions for what shows we should watch next. Follow us and join the fun on Twitter at ClueDunnit or on Instagram and Facebook at ClueDunnit Podcast. Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out. Because watching TV is always Always better better with with friends. friends. We went to dinner once with a PR agent from England. (laughs) Yes. And she was like, you Americans. She's like, I lived in a daft old house. And we were like, draft daft or drafty? Anyways, she was- Probably both. Probably both. (laughs) Absolutely both. Um, But she was just like, I live in this old house. She she didn't even call it. Well, she said it was old, but she wasn't impressed with how old it was. But she's just like, you Americans think anything over the hundred years is old. And we're like- it is. Like, how old is your house that you live in? And she's like, it's more than 200 years. And I'm yes. like, yes, that is old. That is an old house. Well, I mean, she even called that house a syphilitic old whore. <laughs> that is what she and her husband called their house. So 